Hello and welcome to Leeds Voices, the weekly podcast brought to you by the University of Leeds. I'm Alex Regan and this week we're talking about a subject very close to my heart and that is fatigue. As a dad to two children under three, there isn't a waking moment where I'm not incessantly complaining about sleepless nights, low energy and just general brain fog. But luckily, this week we're joined by nutritionist, author and Leeds alum, Karina Antrim. Karina retrained as a nutritionist after suffering a debilitating combination of fatigue and burnout during her career in HR. And her new book, Fix Your Fatigue, aims to empower people to make simple adjustments to their everyday diets to help combat tiredness. And better still, Karina's brought her message to the nation after being featured on Channel 4's Steph's Packed Lunch, as well as the Chris Evans Breakfast Show. Ed Newbold spoke to her last month and she offered up five easy steps for people to fix their fatigue. I always start with a warm-up question of like what did you have for breakfast oh yeah and I thought with with you this was actually a really relevant and yes. quite interesting question to ask so do you yeah. mind just telling me what you had for breakfast, no, this, for morning? breakfast this morning that's a, that's a good question I love talking about breakfast by the way I think breakfast really sets you up for the day but because I'm a nutritionist obviously I'm going to say that but no I had a good breakfast this morning Ed it was a birch and muesli um, so I made it the night before soaked oats in oat milk so I used a well I didn't use particularly oat milk I had oats with some uh, almond milk by a company called plenish and then I added in some grated apple because grated apple is, contains pectin which is brilliant for the gut and I added in some flaxseed and some linseeds and then some berries for the antioxidant properties and some Greek yogurt because Greek yogurt is a probiotic um, and that breakfast for me if I have that or porridge I just find it's really good at sustaining energy levels throughout the morning and I have had a very busy morning this morning with client calls and obviously doing this podcast. I guess a lot of people would, like myself included, I would have like two slices of toast with jam mm. on them. Is that not particularly... Um, so if you're eating toast, what I would suggest you do is switch your toast for sourdough because it contains prebiotics that feed the gut, um, which is ultimately what you want. You want to enhance your gastrointestinal health and your gut microbiome. I would then include something, if you like toast, I would have... Um, banana and, and nut butter so things like almond butter cashew butter because again you don't the problem is if you have just a plain white piece of toast especially something like jam which is very high in sugar you're going to really elevate your you know your blood sugar first thing in the morning so you're going to get a slump at about 11 o'clock during you know during the morning um so just try and you can have your toast but change the bread that you have and just change the topping other toppings that are great uh, sort of avocado with sort of poached eggs Anything like that at all, it's not going to enhance your, your sort of blood sugar first thing. The reason I chose Leeds is because it was a, a well-recognised university for sort of the business, business and management side. It had a very good business school. So that was probably my primary reason for choosing Leeds. But also it was a large university and I was, I'm from Brighton originally, and that was a large city and I wanted to be moved to another city. I knew I didn't want to attend a London university because not only they're more expensive, but I don't think you get that feeling of feeling away from home. And I was really keen to sort of, you know, fly the nest and kind of, you know, be independent. So for me, Leeds ticked a lot of my boxes. I ended up absolutely loving it. I met some brilliant friends, brilliant people. I really enjoyed the course. I think for me, I probably, being very honest with you, Ed, 
prioritise partying more than working. But I have no regrets because I ended up with the degree I wanted. And I ultimately, I really enjoyed my time at Leeds. I had a lot of fun. I tried to set up my own business straight when I was 20 coming out of university and it was a big failure and I've had a number of failures in my career but actually I think failure is really important. So I was importing a health juice tea and jam from Malaysia and I did it for about a year because I'm somebody who came out of university and I was hungry. I felt really entrepreneurial. I was, you know, really wanted to do well. I was ambitious and I was driven. And I decided actually the best way for me to pursue what I loved, which was around sort of food, health, wellness, was to run my own business. But I think looking back in hindsight, I was too young and too inexperienced at the time to really take it forwards. I learned a lot um, and I made a lot of mistakes, which I think has been useful for later on in life. But then I realized I need to get a corporate job. And I think the one thing I would urge people to do if you're sort of in this sort of career, kind of, you know, you're about to leave university looking for sort of the right career for you is I focused my career around two things, status and what I was going to earn, because that was most important to me at the time. So I chose a job in an investment bank, just doing the admin initially, and it ended, it ended up going into HR. But it was never the right career choice for me at all. I was so ill-suited to it, but all I cared about at the time was paying my bills, paying my, my rent, and I just wanted to make sure that I had a job that was seen to look good. You know, I had a status-driven company on my CV and it made me feel good. But actually, it wasn't the right advice at all. I shouldn't have done that because I think that's what led for me being unwell for a number of years. You know, I ended up burning out several times, which is why I ended up writing my book, Fix Your Fatigue, which we can talk about in a moment. Um, but I was in this cycle of exhaustion and in these very high performance, high stress cultures, because I ended up moving into private equity and also management consulting for firms like Boston Consulting Group, Deloitte, or firms that you probably want to work for because they seem to be the right firms, you know, to, to really enhance your career and they, they're great at promoting you. But I just found those environments weren't right for me and my personality type. And I wish I'd taken more time and conducted more due diligence to think more carefully about the choices that I was making around in my career. You mentioned briefly there the, the kind of burnout mm. um, that, that kind of triggered what, what's gone on since. So yeah, can you explain a little bit what happened there and, and when you realised that something sure. needed to change? I think with fatigue, it always starts with a triggering event. And for me, my triggering event actually was when I was 18, I had glandular fever. And the problem with something like glandular fever is the Epstein-Barr virus, which is what it's linked to, stays latent in your cells and then reactivates under stress. I then had a series of very stressful jobs and very high performance cultures. So that every time that I would be in these stressful environments, this virus would reactivate again and give me these really chronic flu-like symptoms. I'd, get, I'd always have coughs and colds. I was always unwell. Um, and I think... The problem with fatigue is that it, it, unless you identify the root cause and unless you really manage it, it never really goes away. It just keeps coming back. And I was in this burnout cycle for years because I didn't quit my job. It was only when I quit my job and retrained as a nutritionist that I realized, oh, my gosh, all those years at university I spent where I was really unhealthy, eating a very poor diet, you know, I was drinking a lot, have really impacted me later on in life. And the one thing that I would urge university students is that there's recent scientific research to suggest that if you were a youth binge drinker, particularly at university, it can really change the composition of your gut microbiome later on in life. And I genuinely believe that all my stomach and gastrointestinal issues were due to the amount that I was drinking at university, coupled with the virus of the Epstein-Barr. 
So I think you really have to make sure at whatever stage you are in your life, yes, absolutely have fun, but do make sure that you're still optimizing your health and well-being. It's so hugely important. Then I ended up retraining as a nutritionist, which is my profession now. I run a clinic called NOCO Health, supporting people with fatigue and stress and burnout. I've got an incredibly busy clinic at the moment, and I think that's probably because since COVID, we have a number of long COVID cases, and also burnout at the moment in corporations seems to be at unprecedented levels. Um, a lot of people are walking around extremely fatigued. So it's my mission now to empower people to take control of their health. It's something I absolutely love to do, and I also have my own personal experience to help people as well. Was there a single thing that you changed that made the biggest difference or was it an accumulation? I think it's the accumulation and change of your daily habits because your daily habits accumulate over time. It's like almost in a way thinking about it changing the needle by 1% every day and that has long-term effects. So I think there's never one singular tip. There's never one thing that you can do. It's the combination of tiny little factors that you integrate within your day to make you feel better. And I think that's what has had the biggest impact in my life. It's the change in my daily habits. You've released a book uh, mm. this year. Uh, yes, in March the 2nd it released, yeah, with Penguin Random House, yes. Brilliant. Can you tell us um, what kind of motivated you to write a book and yes. put all of it down so for me i i've always toyed with the idea of writing a book for a number of years um and back when i was really fatigued i felt there was nothing in the market that really spoke to me a lot of the books were either written you know very very heavy on the science or they were difficult to digest and i thought well actually they've not really thought about the tired reader you know when people are exhausted the last thing they want to do is pick up a book which is absolutely full of you know scientific research that's very heavy on the literature you want something that's easy to read that you can action quite quickly so I made sure my book was was targeted very much to tired reader. And at the end of each chapter, there is a little recap section. So even if you're so exhausted, you can't even read the chapter. You can just read the recap to get the key points. And there's a bit of scientific research. It is very much an evidence-based book. It's distilled from hundreds of scientific research papers. So there's a little bit of science, one question and one action. So you know instantly you can take a little micro action that might make a difference to the day afterwards. And, and make you feel better. So I think for me, that's the reason why I wrote the book. I wanted people to feel empowered to take control of their own health. And also, let's be honest, at the moment, in this country, we have a healthcare crisis going on. You know, the NHS at the moment is completely, I'll be honest, it's a completely broken system at the moment. And so many doctors and nurses are so overworked. It's so under-resourced. It's, it's never been more important since the pandemic to take control of your own health. So I want to try and inspire people to do that in a way that feels easy, simple and accessible. So the, the book itself, Fix Your Fatigue, there are five steps, I think. Yes, right. In the book. Mm. Are you able to um, give a brief summary of, of what those steps are and, and the content of the book? Yeah, absolutely. So I have divided the book into two halves. The first half is all around the principles of functional medicine. It's getting the reader to self-reflect and make sure that you're trying to get to the root cause as to why you feel tired. So it's the self-reflective phase is the first half. The second half of the book is the action side of things. It's, it's, the, it's the when you can start taking action. It's divided into five simple steps. So the first step is about eating for energy. And it's all around big nutrition, which is brain, immune and gut nutrition. And what I want people to do is think very carefully about what they're eating on a daily basis and building a balanced plate. Because so often people build plates where you look down and it's just a beige plate of food. 
Whereas actually what we want is to have foods that contain polyphenols and phytonutrients and a diversity because the diversity is what creates a really, really healthy gut microbiome. So the scientific research suggests that we need to eat 30 different plants a week. And plants could be anything from herbs and spices to nuts and seeds. Um, but we want fruits and vegetables. But we want to make sure we're eating 30 a week. If you're making, a, making your tea, you're making like a spag bowl, say, what sort of addition would you make to supplement that is there mm. well we'll take the we'll that? take then the spaghetti bolognese is a good one um we'll take that so what i would say if you really want to optimize your spaghetti bolognese is to to use half meat to so take out 50 percent of the meat and add in 50 percent lentils because you're increasing your plant-based protein which obviously creates you know sort of it's not as much saturated fat that red meat can sometimes have um and also it's better for your digestion as well so it's good red meat is something called a high thermic food so it takes longer to, to, to absorb and digest in your system so especially if you're having spaghetti bolognese late in the evening if you have something like lentils it makes it easier to digest and it because lentils are a lower thermic effect food um, and also you could do things like adding in something like livers like chicken livers which you might think oh gosh but actually liver is quite cheap to buy but it's a nutritional powerhouse. It contains every vitamin and mineral and it's a fantastic source of iron. And typically iron deficiency can also cause fatigue. So if you do just those two things, you know, you're automatically supercharging your spaghetti bolognese. And what you also might want to do is use 50% less pasta and you might want to either switch your pasta to a whole meal or a spelt type pasta again for added nutrients or you might want to use 50% less pasta and spiralise vegetables. So spiralise carrots, spiralise, you know, courgette and cook them. And that's a great way of getting more sort of micronutrients, your vitamins and minerals into your spaghetti bolognese as well. So it's about making tiny little adjustments, tiny little tweaks to family favourites. So second stage of my book, the second step, is a bit more of a deeper dive into the gut microbiome. And as we know at the moment, there's not only, I think, an increase in mental health issues at the moment in this country. That's why there's so many brilliant people at the moment, you know, really shining a spotlight on mental health. And university mental health, I think, can really take its toll as well. There's, you know, a lot of university students that struggle with their mental health. And actually optimizing the gut microbiome is incredibly important because there's a direct link. There's a bi-directional link between the gut and the brain. So it's important we do a lot around prebiotic and probiotic foods. Um, we make sure we adopt stress reduction techniques and diagrammatic breathing. You know, there's a lot that we can do to enhance our guts. It's incredibly important. The first stage, the third stage is about super supercharging your sleep and your exercise. So nutrition, sleep and exercise, I would say are the really core foundational layers of well-being. And sleep, a lot of university students and just everybody generally at the moment, just they don't sleep well. And for me, one of my first signs was I became an insomniac, you know, and when you don't sleep well, I would say that that's when things really start to decline. Your mental health can take a huge battery, your mental, physical and emotional health. Once you start not sleeping, then you start making poor food choices. Then the research shows you're more likely to then reach for the sugar and for the unhealthy food. Then you start not moving. And that starts off the cascade of the vicious cycle. So I think the first thing I, could ask, I should urge anyone to do is optimise your sleep. And that's basic things like... The same sleep and wake time, you know, go to sleep at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every day because we don't want to have circadian misalignment. And then because also you're then acting outside of your chronotypes. Everyone has a natural chronotype that they adhere to. And if you if you say, for example, have a Netflix binge and you stay up to 2 p.m., you know, 2 a.m. in the morning, 
that can really cause circadian misalignments. You want to make sure you're doing basic things like having a routine. You know, if you think about, you know, children and babies, they, they, they thrive under routine. But as adults, we tend to lose our routines. So it's actually important we start stabilizing routines and making a sleep routine a really core part of our well-being. So optimizing your sleep is important. There's lots of lovely little tips in there about optimizing your sleep from things like two cups of magnesium flakes in the bath um, is really important because magnesium is a sleep inducer. And having a tea like valerian or um, lemon balm, again, really good at optimizing sleep. And a walk first thing in the morning within 30 minutes um, is brilliant because it, the 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 light can actually reset the circadian clocks. So you have to make sure you go for a walk without your sunglasses on. And exercise, you know, don't over-exercise, but make sure you're getting some form of daily movement that suits your body. Um, there's lots of scientific research around kind of um, that you, the fact that you don't have to do 10,000 steps a day. There's this myth. And actually, even just walking 4,400 steps a day has huge amount of health benefits. Every university student can do that quite easily. It's, it's, it's cheap, it's free, you know, and you get your sort of fresh air as well, which is brilliant. And then the fourth stage is all about energizing with supplements. Now, supplements are quite controversial because firstly, they're expensive. I'm going to be honest with you, supplements are expensive and you have to make sure you're buying a really good quality supplement. The problem at the moment that we have in this country, Ed, is our soil quality isn't what it used to be. It's it's mineral, it's not as mineral rich. And also when we're transporting a lot of our fruit and veg from other countries, you know, getting them from A to B, the nutrients are lost within that transportation process. So our food, unfortunately, is just not what it used to be. And also 50% of the food that we eat these days isn't even classified as food. It's very ultra processed. So this is having a huge negative impact on our health at the moment. So Sometimes, and in a lot of cases, we do need to supplement. And I've found supplements for me hugely beneficial. So I'm on the camp of I'm pro-supplements, but I always adopt with my clients in my clinic a food-first approach. It's really important. And then you introduce some supplements. And the final step is all about harnessing the power of your brain. So the one thing that I found when I was very fatigued was that actually my brain was absolutely spent I was so cognitively fatigued. And the one, there's a couple of things that I find was really beneficial, but things like doing morning pages first thing in the morning. So you write down three pages without judgment of notes first thing in the morning to completely declutter your mind. And it's interesting, the impact that has on your day is huge because you start the day off afresh. You, don't, you get rid of your worries, your anxieties, your thoughts. And it just clears you for the day ahead and you can start off in a more positive way. And there's lots of hacks like that in the book that are really about optimizing your and harnessing the power of your brain. Because without our strong mindset, you can't thrive. And that for me is one of the biggest changes that I've made to myself is, is, is trying to really maximize my brain energy. So that's the sort of five steps in my book. Um, as I said, there's a big resources section at the back as well to direct people to as well. But it's um it's a it's a good I think it's a good read. It's a good informative read. But I think it's just to reiterate that everybody should not realise that being tired all the time is not normal. So if you're somebody who is tired all day every day and experiencing fatigue, please make sure you either reach out to your GP or reach out to a reputable practitioner. And don't think that this is how you need to leave, leave your life because there's so many, you know, you want to live a life that is full of abundance and you want to thrive and you want to be successful and productive. And if you're fatigued all the time, you can't do that. So I think that the key message from the book is getting to people to realize that the secret to happiness 
is having energy. And that's for me, since I've had energy, I've achieved more in the past four years of my career than I have over a 20 year period, just because I now have energy. So if you don't have energy, think about why and start investigating and become the, your own private investigator for your own health. And I guess a, a good place to start is is the fix your fatigue. Absolutely. Fix your fatigue, read the book, and I'd love to hear any feedback as well. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Leeds Voices. It was presented by me, Alex Regan. Your producer and reporter was Ed Newbold. Leeds Voices is brought to you by the University of Leeds Advancement Team. You can follow us on social media at Leeds Alumni or get in touch by email at alumni at leeds.ac.uk. Leeds Voices.